South Africa, Kenya, just let me know where you're watching from. It's really wonderful just to know, you know, what the Lord is doing all over the nations. All right, let's turn our Bibles. And this morning, <laughs> this morning, I'm talking about dealing with spiritual emptiness. Dealing with spiritual emptiness. I want us to turn our Bibles to Revelations chapter 3. Oh, Father, we worship you. Pastor DJ, I want you to find the scripture. You've put it, turn it in the heart of men. It's in Ecclesiastes, I think, chapter 3. I just want the verse. Where's my donut? You want to eat it? Oh, wow. Revelation chapter 3, verse 17. Maybe I, maybe I want to go one step farther than verse 17. I, I, I want to just read a st- I want to just read something different. Revelation chapter 3. And if you're watching online, I want you to tag your friends to watch. This is a service that everyone needs to be part of. Revelation chapter 3. All right. Let's read from verse maybe 15. Maybe 16. Maybe 17. Just to make it. Because I'm trying to see. I don't want to say too much. He says, so the background is that Jesus is speaking to this church. And what Jesus said to the church then is he saying to us now. Then he says in verse 17, he says, he says, the problem with you, this church is this. You keep on saying, I'm rich. You keep on saying, I'm okay. You keep on saying, everything is fine. He says, you keep on saying, I'm rich. I'm increased with goats. I have need of nothing. And, no, and God says, hey, based on your perspective, you're okay. Based on your perspective, I don't know. See, let me tell you something. You can have high blood pressure and not be aware you have it. And you will think you're okay. And really you're not okay because the question is that, what are you using to gauge if you're okay or not? And sometimes some people will just, I've seen someone that went, you know, one time my aunt came to stay with me and she told me, she said, I've not been able to sleep. I, I kind of struggle to sleep. I'm like, oh wow. So because I know she's a early sleeper. When we were younger and we, she stayed with my family, by eight, latest nine, my aunt goes to bed. But all of a sudden, this was like 10, 11, she's struggling to sleep. I said, I don't know. It said, it has been for like three months. I said, really? I said, come, let me, let, let's just go. I said, maybe we need to give you a sleeping tablet. Maybe somebody was wrong. Let's just go. He said, well, I also have a pain. So we went to the pharmacy just to buy a painkiller. As we were there, I saw the blood pressure machine. I said to her, maybe we should even do your blood pressure. It's even free. I said, oh, that's fine. And she did it. Ladies and gentlemen, the first time she did it, it couldn't read. Then the second time, they couldn't read. Then they bought the man of blood pressure. And they said, the reason why I couldn't read before was our blood pressure was about 240. I told the pharmacist, what do we buy now? He says, at 240, you don't buy. They admit you and put you in intensive care. He said, this lady can die right now. He says, she can, not, not tomorrow. He said, if she dies right now, nothing is wrong with her. We can see it. And I'm saying so because when we talk about dealing with spiritual emptiness, this is what I'm saying. People can be so empty and not be aware they're empty. And the reason why they're not aware they're empty is this. Because they haven't paid attention to their spiritual states. When they look at themselves, if they are religious people, they keep saying, oh, but I go to church on Sundays, I do next level prayer. But it's deeper than that. Because what God has called you into is not an activity. God has called you into a relationship. And for some other people, they do all the things, but they're empty. They, they know that they come to church and, and it's really empty. There's no, 
they write the sermons, they hear the sermons, they sit back at home, but there's no fresh divine spiritual encounter, there's no fresh revelation of God. And for some other people, they're just not aware. And you know the thing? When people are empty, can you give me that pack? Just carry it. No, 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 no. The juice first. With the, with the box. Exactly. I want to do something. Flory, will you come? Hi. Do you drink juice? I just wanted to take some drink. I wanted to drink this juice today. Yeah. It's very good. I don't want him to drink. So... Just, oh, I want to forgive you myself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just putting it in your mouth. That's fine. That's fine. You know, let's go. Oh, help yourself. I don't know why it's not coming out. Maybe it's, I want to pour it. Why is it not coming out? <laughs> it's not there. Because there's nothing there. Isn't it amazing? People are looking to be filled from things that carry nothing. P- people, people are going to their job and saying that. I feel a hole. And I say, how come I'm still testing? Because your job was not meant to feel it. They make more money. They say, I feel a hole. How come I'm still testing? Because it was a moment to feel it. Someone says, it's a, it's a girlfriend. I, have you not heard that before? That if I get married, I would, I would change? I've heard that. Yeah. And they say, once I find someone, I feel a hole. Listen to me. The hole that you feel for God, nothing can fill it. True. Amen. Thank you, sir. You know why? Bring, bring the other thing for me quickly. Ecclesiastes what? You tell me? Ecclesiastes 3.11. I wanted to read it quickly. Put it on the screen. Ecclesiastes 3.11. I don't want the box just because of the branding. Just, just, just what it is in it. And this is what it is. This is a nice donut. Do you feel hungry this morning? It's glazed with caramel. Praise God. You know what it is? This is what everybody looks like. Everybody has a God-sized hole that only God can fill. It's what I, what did I call it? A God-sized hole that only God can fill. But what, why did you take my drink away? But what happens is this, we try to fill it with other things. But the things we want to fill it with, they're empty. So we try to fill it with money. Huh. We try to fill it with church attendance. Huh. We try to fill it. And God is saying, this is it. And you know the thing about God-sized hole? Look at it. This is what it looks like. On the outside, you seem full and okay. It's on the inside that you are empty and holy. Look, when, when we see you on the outside, we see your marriage, we see your job, we see everything like, oh my God, she's doing so well. Oh my God, this lady, this lady since she moved to the US, since she moved to Canada, her life has been so beautiful because we keep seeing you from the outside. Seeing this way, you never know I have a hole. Look at you. You will never have a hole this way. But when we begin to, because when I look at it, I'm looking at it from the human perspective. This is me to you. But when I look at it from the top, when God sees from the top, what does God see? God sees the hole. Dealing with spiritual emptiness. And many of you have not paid attention to the hole that you carry. Many of you are not aware that. So, when you carry the hole, you, you want to fill this hole, then you say, let me work more on my job because if I get promotions, I'll, I'll fill this hole. But this hole can only be filled by God. But many people say, if I get more money, I'll fill the hole. Many people say, if I get married, I'll fill the hole. So I'll say, if I get a breakthrough, I'll fill the hole. God says, you don't understand. 
This hole that you have can be filled by other things, can only be filled by me. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. Let's see what the Bible says. Thank you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He says, He has made everything beautiful in his heart. In his heart and he has set what? See, the Bible says, And he has set the world in their hearts so that no man can find what the word that God maketh. This is the way another translation says it. God says, When it says, He has set the world in their heart, God says, It's, it's a poor translation. He says, he has put eternity in their heart. He's put a certain hunger and test in their heart that no one can feel except him. And that's why you see, that's why you see people, they have so much money, but they're stealing more money because they're trying to fill a hole. Are you trying to fill a hole with some that cannot fill it? Look at the experience of this church. Revelation chapter 3 verse 17. He says, because you say... I am rich. This is your evaluation of yourself. <laughs> you know, you must understand that God's evaluation of you and the evaluation of yourself of you are not the same. He, he says, they say, I'm rich. They say, I'm increased with goods. And I have need of nothing. <laughs> and God says, I love the words of Jesus. And unfortunately, Jesus does not exaggerate. He says, no, you're not. He didn't say you're not poor. He said, you are wretched. Oh my God. He, Jesus described, he says, you think you're rich? He says, it's not as if you're even broke. You are wretched. Some people's spiritual condition can be described as spiritual wretchedness. They are in spiritual rags. He says, you are wretched. Then he says, we are full, he says, from a perspective, you're miserable. And the reason why people feel that way is this. There are two sides to you, like that donut. You keep judging your life from what is outside, not what is inside. Glory to God. Did you notice they saw? Did you notice Solomon? Solomon said, when I had all the money, I began to look for what I did not know. Because it was looking for that emptiness. Solomon said, I looked everywhere. And listen, you must understand who Solomon is. Solomon is not the younger that is trying to struggle. Solomon was the richest man on earth at a certain point. And richest man for a lot of years. So when he attained that, Solomon says, I tried everything. He said, I was still hungry. This Ecclesiastes 3.11, guess who wrote it? It was Solomon that wrote it. I haven't done everything. He says, you put eternity in the heart of man. And I'm, and I'm saying this because, because some people think, oh yeah, I go to church, that's good, but that's not where it ought to be. Some people say, I pray, that's good, that's not where it ought to be. God is calling you, God is calling you to, God is calling you to a place where the hole that you carry can be totally filled. And unfortunately, I know a lot of married people that are hoping for some kind of fulfillment from their marriage that only God can give. They only end up ruining their marriage. They only end up what? Ruining their marriage. They only end up abusing their spouse because the expectation is what God can do, not what man can do. Once you expect from man what God can do, you're going to ruin your expectation. Oh my. Look, John chapter 4. <laughs> it's a story about the woman at the well. The Bible says, and they came a woman of Samaria to draw water. And as she came to draw water, My other outline is, is there? Yeah. So, as she came to draw water, the Bible says this. 
Okay, man, I'm going to paraphrase and jump. Verse 9. It says, verse 9. And then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that I've been a Jew? Ask me to drink of water. Well, I'm a Samaritan, and the Jews have no dealing with Samaritan. You know, and Jesus answered and her, If you know the gift of God, and who is it to you? Give me, who said to you, give me to drink? He says, if you know. Oh, my God. But they were talking already. What didn't he know? They were talking already. What didn't he know? He says, you need to know it in another way that you know it. He says, if you knew the gift of God, can I have it, please? He says, if you knew the gift of God, you would have asked me to give you living water. And the woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw. But that well is deep. From where will you get the living water? It says, are you greater than our father, our Jacob, who gave us living water? And bring the container for me, thank you. It says, are you greater than our father, Jacob, who brought that for me? I'm just going to jump. Verse 13. And Jesus Christ said, and said unto him, whosoever drinketh of this water, thank you, sir. It says, can you give me that? You're taking it away. Thank you. It says, whosoever It said, whosoever shall drink of this water shall never test again. Then Jesus cried, asked her a question that was very symbolic. He said, um, go and call your husband. And the woman said, um, I have no husband. He said, and it's amazing, you know, because people always say things like, can I say, let me just be bold and say, people always say that if you divorce and marry again, God will recognize your second marriage. But Jesus Christ told him, you have five husbands. Jesus Christ recognized it. And Jesus said, the one you're with is not your husband. That Jesus Christ said that, oh, I know you had five husbands, but the one you are with is a man, but it's not your husband. Meaning that you're with someone, but you're not married to him. So, God knows that cohabitation is not marriage. Praise God. <laughs> because Jesus was able to differentiate. He says, I know you're with someone, you stay in his house. But you're not married to him. But you know what he said? Why did Jesus Christ link thirsts with the relationships? Jesus was saying, woman, you're thirsty. The reason you went from husband to husband was that you were looking for something. You were hoping that the first husband will quench your test. He couldn't. You went to the second husband. You hope he will quench your test. He couldn't. You went to the third husband. And the reason why you are recycling relationship and recycling marriages is because you are looking for in a human relationship what only God can do. And Jesus Christ said, no. He said, let's change this. I will give you water on the inside of you. That will be with you. Rivers of living water. How you hear somebody? I say, how you hear somebody? So spiritual emptiness is real. People just, when you're spiritually empty, you will understand, you, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of things you will notice. When you're spiritually empty, one of the things you will see is this, you know, you, you will see that exhaustion, that burnt out feeling towards prayer. You know, when people are spiritually empty, people always say, oh my God, church is so long. It's so difficult to go to church. You know, I'm used to staying at home. I'm like, but if it's so difficult to go to church, how come when you have a business contract, you don't watch it on Zoom? Some of you do, but most of the contract, you are willing to go. But the reason why is that there's emptiness 
Now you feel exhausted. How come praying every day is difficult? You, the reason why praying every day is difficult is because there's emptiness. Some of you say, you know, I, I can't, I, you, know, you know, reading the Bible I find it so boring. But you stay on blogs and read for hours. Things that are very stupid, things that are not real, things that are lies. And you find it interesting because of what? Emptiness. That's exactly what happens. So it, it's, it's a lot of question of emptiness. And it says, you've set eternity in the heart of man. What are you looking for? In the right place or in the wrong place? Emptiness. Oh, wow. When you're spiritually empty, what will happen to you is this. Your faith level will begin to shrink. Oh yeah, it will begin to shrink. You will find it difficult to believe God for bigger things. You will find it believe God to hold on to God's word. You will say, why? Because it's just difficult. This woman, this woman, this woman, you want, you'll find it difficult. Your faith begins to shrink. The second thing is this, you will keep looking for it. You will be, you'll be blaming people, looking for God, looking for humans to fill the God-sized hole that you carry. Oh my God. That's what happens. And there's something, oh my, Psalm 63 verse 1. Let me read this to you quickly, please. Oh, the more I know you, the more I want to know you, Jesus. Verse 1, more I love you. God is the one that the more you know, the more you know you don't know him and the more you want to know him. It's like sugar. You know the nature of sugar? Once you eat sugar, you want more sugar. Do you know that? The same thing with salt. Once you eat salt, you want more salt. That's why people use, they put it in popcorn. Because you just, let me have three, let me just have a handful of popcorn. Then you finish the whole bowl. Because it's a nature of, it's a nature of sugar. It's a nature of sugar. That's the same, the same way God is. God is the person that you taste. The more you know him, the more you know you don't know him. And the more you want to know him. See what, see, see, see what David said. David said, Oh Lord, thou art my God. Early will I seek you. Then he said something very powerful. This, I never saw this until early as of this morning. David said, My soul, not my spirit. He says, My soul, my emotions, my emotion. David said, My emotion. Some of you, your emotions are on fire. David said, My soul thirsts for you. There's something about the presence of God. There's something about the feeling of God that even your emotion feels it. Even your feeling takes it. It's not by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hi. 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 He said, My soul tested for you. The more I know you, the more I want to know you, Jesus. More of you as the deer and as the deep panted for the waters so my soul longer after thee you alone and my heart desire 
songwriter says. See, there's one dimension when we pray just because we need something. There's a dimension when you fellowship with God just because I want it to feel. Listen to me. If you feel overwhelmed, you need to manifest the presence of God. Because there's something about the presence of God that brings assurance and peace. David says it this way. David says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know what the doctor said about me having a child is impossible. I know what they said about I past the age where I can get married. He says, but though I walk through this difficult situation, I go to the hospital and they check everything and say, madam, you don't have X, your, your tubes are blocked. But I look at it and say that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, not because I didn't hear the doctors, because you are with me. Thy rod and the staff, they comfort me. You know the challenges you have in your marriage. You have the challenges you have getting married. And you say, I will fear no evil because you are with me. One lady, I, I knew she, she delayed to get married. I asked her, I said, how did you survive? He said, it was not a question of will God do it. It was when will he do it? He said, I never questioned the willingness of God. I never questioned that if I'll get married or not. I was just kind of leaning in and saying, Lord, I don't know what's up with your timing, but I trust you. There's something. But when you see your emotion, see, when you see yourself, any small problem, you break down. You know, you there's a broken relationship and you cry and you tear yourself apart and everybody knows that you've lost something the reason why you feel so down is because although you've lost something you don't have the revelation of God the restorer the reason why you lose this huge amount of money and when you lose this huge amount of money you know when you lose this huge amount of money you go oh my God what is happening and you break down it's because you don't know that God is in control because the Bible says all things work together for God. Spiritual emptiness. Oh my God. When you have it, one of the powerful things the presence of God does for you is this, is the assurance that you have when life doesn't go your way. To know that although I don't understand what is going on, but the hands that control the whole world is the hand I'm connected to. And though I don't understand, he's going to work everything out for my God. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. You must be careful not to get filled of the wrong things. You must be careful. Something says, oh, you know, you know um, I have a child and it gives you, everything can give you that temporary relief. But only God gives everlasting joy. Everlasting joy. Have many, many people are suffering depression. And listen to me. Paul said that in all situations, I've linked to abounding joy. How could he? Just because he knows who he believes. Someone say hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. How do you stay in the place? How do you get filled? So how do you get filled? One of the things I want to talk to you about is revelation. Because when he says to you, he says, revelation. Why is revelation powerful? You cannot become, you cannot manifest what you do not know. See, for example, many of you confuse happiness and joy. Happiness is a function of the things that are happening. So something can make you happy. 
Joy is not a function of what is happening. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. It comes to you with the Holy Ghost. So in all seasons of life, either good or bad, I may not be happy, but I'm full of joy. And the Bible says that, this is what the Bible says, that it's with joy that we draw water out of the well of salvation. It says it's with joy. It's joy that gives us strength to keep receiving from God. If the devil cannot take your joy, he cannot keep your stuff. So I heard what they said, but I have joy. I have joy like a river. Things have not changed, but I have joy. You know why? Everywhere true joy is, faith is there. Everywhere true joy is, peace is there. Everywhere true joy is, hope is there. You can be joyful and be depressed. No, sir. When you have joy, joy sets you ahead of everybody. And you don't know what's going on with the papers. You don't know what's going on, you know, with, with the promotion. But I got joy. I got joy on the inside. So how do you how do you deal? Because how do you deal with spiritual emptiness? Revelation, revelation, revelation of the word. This is the way. The, 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 this is the way I said it. Until you know who you are, you can manifest who you are. Until you know what you have, you can use what you have. The second thing is this: obedience. Let me tell you something. The woman got to the well, and the transformation will be the point. How far will you go in obedience? The Bible says to obey is better than what? Sacrifice. I want to ask you, why are you struggling with God for? Many of you, God is calling you to a life of obedience. He's calling you. He's calling you to a life of obedience. You're struggling. And listen, you're not stupid. No. The reason why you're struggling is because you think it's, it's, it's not a wise decision to follow God. You're thinking of the consequences, the sacrifice. You're thinking of the changes you have to make. And I understand that. But listen to me. If you don't follow God, you will lose out in the end. And let me say, some other, let me say this to you. Whatever is the reason why you don't follow God, you will eventually lose it. He said to obey is better than sacrifice. Following God could be hard. Following what God says could be difficult. But I've learned to walk with Jesus. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he shares on that way. When we do his good will, he abides with us still as we what? As we trust and obey. Why is obedience important? Because obedience reflects your trust with God. God tells you, God says, hey, I want you to begin to grow. So I want you to begin to serve in church. I want you to take the next step to grow spiritually. And you go, oh, no, 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 no. You don't know. I, I don't want to do that. You know, and the reason why is that you don't know you have a trust issue with God. And some of you, it's, see, when you obey God, it's two things. There's a trust side of it and there's a value side of it. So, you know, our pastors may want me to do something. It's not because it's easy for me to do, but because I value them, I'm able to do exactly what they want me to do because I value them. So sometimes I'm really tired and it's one of our pastors' birthdays and I'm just, you know, I get there and, you know, they don't know I'm really flat out tired. But the reason why I'm making that sacrifice is because the value I put on them. Every time you go against what God is telling you, it's because you don't put value on God. So obedience is a big issue. And 
you know why God see God will raise the bar for you continually hallelujah God will raise the bar God will raise the obedience bar you know some of you will just sit at home and say you know I can do church on television I can do church on, 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 on you know YouTube I agree with that but God says hey I want to step out and step into the auditorium and say oh I have to take my bath God says I raise the bar I raise the bar I raise the bar just because I want to know how much you value me when God asks Abraham to kill his son if God wanted a human sacrifice Abraham will have had to kill his son God was just telling Abraham how much do you value me this is son this is me which one carries weight God says this is son this is me which one carries weight may your blessing not become the idol you worship hey May your blessing. I know people that the marriage that God gave them is the idol they worship. I know people that the promotion that God gave them is the idol they worship. I know people that the husband, the wife, the child, the migration, the papers, the opportunity that God gave them is the idol they now worship. Oh! Obedience. God says we should get up every morning and pray. All it costs is to get up and pray. And you know the thing? We really hope that God will turn away his eyes from obedience and focus on something else. And God said in First Samuel, it says to obey is better than sacrifice. How many of you are in a relationship you know you should not be in? And God says, my hand is not here. You say, I'll be there. How many of you are moving to a place you know you should not move to? And God says, my hand is not there. He said, but my hand is there. How many of you, how many of you are struggling even with your titan offerings? And God says, you should be giving me that. I mean, just when I was praying this morning, God had told me during the week to give something. And, you know, I don't know if I forgot I was struggling. But long and short of it, I've not done it. And God said, today. I said, Lord, yes, Lord. And not because it's easy. It's the value. It's never easy for fathers to pay school fees. But fathers that value their children pay the sacrifice. It's never easy to obey God. But when you value your relationship with God, you pay the sacrifice. God says, serving this. You said, I don't have time. It's not about having time. It's the value you place on God. Someone said, fast. You say, I can't fast. To obey better sacrifice. And the last thing is this. How do you deal with spiritual? How do you deal? So the first in Revelation. Because because the word of God is a food for the spirit so the more I know God the more he feels me and you don't know God by just coming to church you go back, you go back, go to the YouTube page have this TV, go back and just say Lord, look at the notes again and say Lord, I, I want to know you more than miracles I want to know you, the Bible says the children of Israel knew the, knew the wonders of God, Moses knew the way he knew God, he knew the heart of God Lord, I don't want to know things, I want to know you, I don't want a miracle, I want the miracle walker, I don't want a healing, I want the healer, I don't want the, I want, I don't want I don't just want provision, I want the provider Ah, someone says why do you want this it's very simple listen to me everybody the people that really know God the people that really know God when they go to the toughest time because it doesn't exempt you from going to tough times there is an assurance and peace that though he slays me yet will I slay him there's an assurance of peace that says though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death 
I will fear no evil. I will not fear no evil, not because things are changing, because you are with me. Your rod and the staff, they comfort me. All your friends are going crazy because you guys are not married. And they wonder, why are you so confident? You don't understand. Though I go through this valley of delayed marriage, I know he's with me. His strength, his rod will guide me. People are saying, what's wrong with business? There's a lot. Though I go through the season of business loss, I know he's with me. His staff and his rod, they comfort me. Though I go through the season of delayed childbirth, I know he's with me. His staff and his rod will comfort me. I am not like all the people because I have assurance glory to God how do you deal with spiritual emptiness Peter got through a very terrible patch in a spiritual work and Jesus Christ said when you're converted strengthen your brethren he said Peter the strength of your future is not in what you do it's in what you do for other people he says Peter if you love me feed my sheep he said he said Peter there's going to come to a time in your Christian work where we're not going to be able to judge you we will not judge you by what you do for yourself we'll begin to judge you by what we'll begin to judge you by what you do for other people we will not judge you by what you do for yourself and let me say something to you there's something about giving to other people there's something about serving other people that it kills the flesh but it brings to fulfillment you know what i'm talking about that's what the Bible says. It's more blessed to give and to receive. It's because the one that receives is happy. The one that gives is full of joy. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. Because every time you are doing the giving. Every time you are doing the service. Every time you are going the extra mile. It's killing your flesh. You know what it means to serve in church? It kills you. One million times heals you, knocks you out. Do you know what it means to get up on a Sunday and come to church? It's not easy. And, you know, your friends say, let's party till late night. Let's do this till late night. You say, no. Do you know what it means to get up 6.30, Monday to Friday and why other people are doing other things here? It's difficult. But you are killing the flesh. But the good thing is this. There is a fulfillment that comes from the Spirit. And let me say this to you. If you're growing spiritually, you will feel fulfilled. And for you to feel fulfilled is because you are giving out. You're serving. You're doing something that helps somebody else. God told Peter, Jesus told Peter, he said, the next level of growth is this. You begin to feed other people. And that's the truth. Have you noticed the way life is? When you're young, you've been taken care of. Then after some time, how do you grow? You now begin to what? Take care of somebody else. Have you noticed 80-year-old people don't tell you what they did? They keep telling you about my son, my daughter, my grandchildren, my son. Because that is a cycle of the spirit that the physical mirrors. In the spirit, it's not what you do after some time. It now becomes what, what I did for this person. What I did for that person. How God used me to bless this person. And you know what that does? For you to grow other people, God has to crucify the flesh. God has to break the flesh. Because it's always, inc- listen, because for you to serve, the first thing you have to deal with is what selfishness. And that's why serve and selfishness are very tied together. Because every time you have to serve, the focus has to be on somebody else. It's easy to pray for yourself. Try praying for your other people. 
Guess what? The highest prayer is not what you pray for yourself. It's when you begin to pray for what other people. The Bible says Job had trouble. Job did not have deliverance. But as soon as Job began to pray for his friends, Job had deliverance when it began. Every time Job says, me, Lord, me, Lord, me, Lord, there was no response. But as soon as Job began to pray for himself, God restored Job. God restored his friend. The question is this. You want to express fulfillment? You want to deal with that spiritual emptiness? There's something in you that needs to come out. The point is this. You are so this is what you tell yourself when I deal with my issues I will fix their issues God says this that's not how it works through your issue fix their issues David was a man that was broke David was a man that was disgusted and in distress but in his distress he raised other people as he was fixing this issue was fixing that issue as he was fixing this issue was fixing that issue and that brought him fulfillment listen to me everyone look up here and this is my glows one of the biggest beauty of service is this when you serve other people the confidence it brings to your life to know that this can happen to through me that confidence is life changing and the boldness it brings to your life because it's see if I want to pray father give me this I can feel as if I'm so selfish but if I'm praying for somebody else there is something about it but you just have to think about revelation Obedience, revelation. Hey, are you empty? How much time do you spend in the word? I know you pray every day, but do you listen to the messages? Have you gone back to have a TV and listen to the messages? Have you gone back? Well, to read the Christian book. Do you have a Bible study plan? Do you sign up for devotionals? The second, are you obedient? I want to ask you, what is the last instruction the Holy Ghost gave you that we're resisting? Ah. Uh, what is the last instruction the Holy Ghost gave you that you're resisting? And you're resisting because of people pressure, because it feels good. Listen to me. Don't let people turn you out of the things of God. You know why? Whatever you compromise to get, you will lose eventually. Oh, wow. Whatever you compromise to get, you will lose eventually. Because only the gifts of God are eternal. And the last thing is this. What are you going to serve with? How God has been dealing with you about your gift, dealing with you about your gift, dealing with you how you can help people. There's this thing you want, and you say, I want to express spiritual fulfillment. And God is saying, The reason why you're empty is because your gift is crying for expression. There are people that their gift is crying for expression in this meeting. And God is saying, The way you're going to deploy it is to think less of yourself and use your gift to bless other people. The woman with the alabaster box, it was expensive perfume. What could be expensive to you could be your time. What could be expensive could be a talent. What could be expensive could be your opportunity. And he took the box and broke it at the feet of Jesus. And everybody thought it was a waste. Jesus said, don't you understand? What you do for me is never a waste. How can they say, serve God in the temple? Serve God as an usher. Be a solid And you think it's a waste? There's no waste when it comes to serving God. How can they say it's time to give tithe and offering? And you say, well, this is too big to give. That's impossible or ridiculous because there's nothing too big to give to God. Spiritual emptiness. Remember this? So you go for all the social gatherings. I'm still hungry. So you go for a promotion. I'm so thirsty. So you get married. 
I'm still thirsty. So you have a child. Are you thirsty? Does it not tell you maybe you're drinking the wrong thing? This doesn't feel. Come to the river that never runs dry. Come to the river that never runs dry. Everybody, bring the donut again. Let me show you. Just because some people are just coming in. Just bring one of the donuts. I'm okay with just one of the donuts. That's fine. And this is what I said earlier on. This is what everybody looks like. On the outside, we all look beautiful. On the outside, we all look good. On the outside, we all dress well. But there's a hole here. Everybody's carrying that hole. And people are hoping their husband will fill it. People are hoping their marriage will fill it. People are hoping money will fill it. People are hoping job will fill it. People are hoping church attendance will fill it. And God says, the hole is made for me. I'm the only one that fills my hole. Every other thing cannot fill me. Every other thing you will go through and come out. I'm the only one that fills my hole. Marriage can fill the God-sized hole. Money can fill the God-sized hole. Religion can fill the God-sized hole. Only God can fill his God-sized hole. And the more I know you, yes, the more I want to know you, Jesus, more of you. The more I know you, the more I know you. Everywhere you lift up your hands towards heaven. The more I want to know you. The more I know you, the more I know you, Jesus. It's the more I want to know you. bring the fire yeah you bring the fire you provide the fire bring it with spirit bring it with spirit I'll provide the sacrifice everyone stand on your faith all of your life stand on your faith lift up your hands towards heaven spirit Are you here today? You provide the fire. ahead and pray lift up your hands and tell the lord i'm making a decision to go for revelation i'm making a decision today 
I'm making a decision today. I'm going, oh Lord. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. Oh Lord, I'm going to pay attention. Hey, Kabbalah. Everybody pray. And Father, we provide the sacrifice. And the sacrifice is us, the living sacrifice. You provide the fire. Thank you for calling our attention to the hunger within. Let the fire fall on every tested soul. Let the fire fall. I'm praying for everyone that is hungry. Let them have a visitation. I'm praying you baptize everyone with fresh hunger for you. Fresh hunger for your presence, for your word, for your power, for your glory. I pray, Lord, people that you have gifted that are still struggling, you push them out to serve. You push them out to serve. It will not be convenient, but you push them out. I'm praying. People that are struggling with obedience, you push them out. Spirit of God, walk in us both to will and to do push them out I pray in Jesus mighty name amen praise God are you blessed this morning oh Rabbi Shatal God bless you can have your seat all of you online I hope you were blessed I, I want to go ahead and tell your friends to watch the service because today if he spoke to something you know God is touching people and feeling spiritual intellect